Alright, welcome to the Trophy Room Podcast, episode 3. This is, um, this episode is gonna be, uh, I'm gonna get into this who's the GOAT debate with, uh, as far as the NBA goes, you know how, uh, there's a lot of different opinions on this, and, um, it's mostly biased opinions, right? And it's mostly, like, bullcrap. Like, if you actually sit down with knowledgeable people that understand the game and understand the history of the game and understand how difficult it is to be successful, not just for a short period, but for a prolonged period of time, like if you get people like that that have a like a real deep understanding of the game and um like you will actually have intelligent people who give credit where it's due to players in any era but unfortunately as far as like social media goes you don't have very many people like that you just have these biased clowns who they just believe that it's their way or the highway, okay? Like they think, I believe player A is the greatest of all time, so whatever player B did doesn't measure up or is flawed or he did it in a weaker era or um, he's not as fit as mentally strong or he couldn't hang in a more physical era it's all a bunch of bullshit because you just want to control the narrative you just want to control the the goal line you want you want the goal line to be here for your guy like five feet away and you want to put the goal line for the other guy like a hundred yards away like you want to say he has to accomplish this much more to measure up to my guy who's right here and it it, it is really just fucking ridiculous honestly like so we're just gonna take two players for example okay we're gonna take michael jordan and lebron james so both the players in my mind are at the very top of the nba nba history as far as greatest players of all time to ever play in any era doesn't matter the competition it doesn't matter um like the team the teammates around them it doesn't matter because these guys were probably well actually this is where it gets tricky because Michael Jordan fans, and I'm a Michael Jordan fan. I, I love MJ. I give, I like I said, I think he's one of the very, very best of all time. Like, he's if if somebody wants to tell me that Jordan is the goat, I'll I'll respect their opinion and I won't argue with it because it's very, it's a very credible um, opinion, and there's very few flaws for 
that argument. Like, he has all the accolades, personal, like, but what Jordan fans love to do is say that he went 6-0 and in the finals, which he did, but it wasn't Jordan that went 6-0 and in the finals. Like, it was the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls, for going six and zero in that in 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 the mid nineties, in the mid to late nineties, they are very underrated. Other than Jordan, like the Chicago Bulls team, that they they always were the better team against whoever they played. Like they never, and they always had the best player. The best two players on the court. They always had the two best players. And they always had the best coaches. And that is a tremendous advantage to have in that era. And um, and people love to act like it was Michael Jordan by himself. Like Scottie Pippen is one of... The, like this dude was an amazing player. It is my argument that he was the second best player in the NBA... Like, I might lose that argument because people will, will bring up the stats or whatever. But he always had to defer to Jordan. Like, Pippen, if he had his own team, and he proved it in 1993-94 when he was the main guy for the Bulls, he put up MVP numbers. Like, Scottie Pippen was one of the best, very best players in the NBA that season. He had the Chicago Bulls as a top seed in the East. Like, they were in the top four. I want to say top two or three. Okay, they made it to the second round of the of the playoff. Without Jordan. With Scottie Pippen. And they lost in a, in a controversial fashion to the New York Knicks in seven games. And the Knicks would go on to play in the finals and lose in seven games to Houston. So the Knicks were really good. I mean, the Knicks were almost the NBA champions that year. It took the Rockets seven games to beat them. And the Bulls pushed the Knicks to seven games in the second round. So the Knicks were like the second best team in the NBA. Other than the Rockets. And the Bulls pushed them without Jordan. Just Pippen and whoever they had on that team. I don't have the roster in front of me. Um, with Phil Jackson, of course, Phil Jackson, the Zen master, like these Bulls teams do nothing without Phil Jackson, okay? And Jerry Krause, the GM, gets no credit. Jerry Krause, probably one of the greatest short-term GMs in NBA history. Like, because he, it was from like the late, the mid to late 80s until like 98. So like 13 years Right in that little gap, he was like, what he did with Chicago Bulls is just ridiculous. Alright, like, this man gave Phil Jackson, like, Phil Jackson was coaching in, like, fucking the Dominican Republic or something. This man was coaching, like, in Puerto Rico. Like, I'm not, they went into this on the, the, the Last Dance documentary. And Jerry Krause hired this man. Who would go on to be considered the greatest coach of all time in the NBA. Alright, and Jerry Krause signed this guy. This guy was coaching, like I said, somewhere in the Caribbean. 
So Jerry Krause needs to get credit for that. Jerry Krause made the trade with the Sonics that landed Scottie Pippen to the Bulls. Okay? He drafted Horace Grant. Okay? So Pippen, Horace Grant, and Phil Jackson. Three guys that Jerry Krause added. Alright? And um, he gets no credit. And those other three guys don't get any credit either. The coach and the two forwards. And then he made a trade... Jerry Krause made a trade with the Knicks that landed Chicago Bulls Bill Cartwright. Now Bill Cartwright is not a like a superstar type player, but he's a he was a a, a very big body and he he had decent offensive game. He could get you like 8 to 10 points. And in that era of basketball where scoring was at a premium, 8 to 10 points could be huge. Okay? So now you have Cartwright you have Horace Grant and you have Scottie Pippen in the front court. Okay? And Michael Jordan in the back court. And the, the that whole new front court was designed to do one thing, take on the bad boys and and free up Jordan. Like you put Cartwright, you put Grant, and you put Pippen up there to take the pounding, take to take on Lambeer and Mahorn and all them. And you let Jordan just carve up Thomas and, and Joe Dumars. And the the Bulls had their hands full with the Pistons. But Jerry Krause built that, that front court. He built that coaching staff. And finally, after Jordan was just getting clobbered in the, in the playoffs without these guys, Jerry Krause brings them in and the Bulls start winning playoff series. It is very well documented. That Michael Jordan went 0-3 in the playoffs before Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant came to the Bulls. Like, Jordan fans don't like to bring that up. This man, Michael Jordan, was getting clobbered in the first round. In his first year, he lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, okay, in the playoffs. In the first round. In the second year, he lost to the Celtics in the first round. Third year... He lost to the Celtics again in the first round. Three straight first round exits for the GOAT. Alright? He can't do it by himself. Give these other guys the credit they're due. Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant come in, and the Bulls win some playoff series. They still then then they lost three straight years to the Pistons. But it was like later in the playoffs. It was like in the second round. And and then in the Eastern Finals. And then um so the Pistons had their number, but the Bulls were playing them better. They just had to break through, right? And then in 1991, the Bulls finally beat the Pistons, which in my opinion is the greatest uh, playoff series win in Michael Jordan's career. Like, I know he had the finals and stuff. He had the finals MVPs. But when they finally beat the Pistons, that was like slaying the dragon. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, like, they actually did it, you know, because the Pistons were just, I mean, this is all well known. Like, if you don't know the history there, it's like, you're extremely casual. But anyway, these guys need the credit they deserve. They also had John Paxson and BJ Armstrong in the, in the first three-peat, all right? So, and these guys, these Jordan fans 
And this is not nothing, not a knock against Jordan. Like I said, I love this this dude, but his fans are just—they're ridiculous. They freaking act like he just—he was just taking teams on one against five. Like they're just like, oh, Jordan went six and zero, oh. but Michael Jordan in his playoff career lost seven times in the playoffs before the finals. Okay, they don't bring that up. They just say, oh, he went 6-0 in the finals. But he lost seven playoff series in his career, okay? Don't just skip that over. Don't say, oh, it was because he was young. Oh, it was because of this and that. Oh, it was because of A, B, and C. You have, if you're going to put, bring up players that lost in the in the finals... You have to bring up players that lost in the first round. Like you had you can't just skip that over. Like that's hypocrisy. That is what disqualifies you. This is why I, at the very beginning I said you need to have an understanding of the game. You can't control the narrative. You have to judge them by the same ruler. Okay, you can't be biased. Because when you bring biases in, it the the the, the the discussion just it just spirals out of control so I'm just giving my opinion here okay and then it like so in the first three P if you see if you go back in YouTube and you see these Chicago Bulls highlights or even if you have the time you watch an actual full game of theirs from their first three P and I've done this before because I'm a huge Jordan fan and I didn't get to watch a lot of his games when I was young. So that's why I love YouTube. You can go back and watch these pl these legends play. Like you can actually sit there and watch an actual broadcast of theirs. Not live, but in YouTube. And I think that that's pretty awesome. So I've gone back and I've watched a bunch of Jordan's games. Like against the Pistons, against the Knicks. All those teams he had rivalries with. And... The one thing that stuck out to me was not just how great Jordan is, because that's like, that's a given, right? Is the, the team, the Chicago Bulls team was so good. Like, they were so athletic, so so quick, so fast. Like, Pippen and Horace Grant in those early 90s Bulls teams, these guys were just, I don't know how teams scored on them. They were just, like, defensively, they were they were all over teams, like... Like, I watched a game against the Blazers in the 92 Finals. And it was just like... They were like a like a, like a hornet's nest. They were just all over the court. They were swatting at everything. They were intercept. They were in passing lanes. They were running the fast break. They, it, I was like... This might be one of the greatest teams I've ever seen play. And it was the whole team. It was Pippen. It was Horace Grant. It was Jordan. It was Paxson and Armstrong hitting threes. It was just, it was impressive. I was like, wow. And um, then you hear Jordan fans tell it, they're, oh, Jordan was carrying, he was carrying Pippen. Uh, Pippen was just along for the ride on the coattails. They, they don't even give guys on Chicago credit. This is what Jordan fans, like, they, they, they degrade. They say, oh, Horace Grant. Didn't do nothing for the Bulls. He averaged like 10 points. Didn't do shit. Like, it's 
It's fucking ridiculous. So, and, um, so yeah, it was the, the early 90s Bulls teams were just, they were great. The whole team, coaching from the coaching staff all the way down. All right. So now Jordan retires and he doesn't get taken to task for retiring. People just overlook it. They're like, oh, well, he just took a, a year and a half off. Like, you don't do that. Like, how can you be the GOAT and you just take yourself a vacation in the middle of your career? Like, to me, that is a major drawback. Like, you just, you just quit on your team, dude. Like, you just left them. You just said, you know what, I'm out. Okay? And you, it's not like you were old. You were 30 years old. Alright? So, that's a major uh, drawback. So he retires. He goes, plays baseball. Doesn't do very well at baseball. Like, he just went. There's all kinds of theories of why he, he went. I think that the real theory is unknown. We've heard the theory about that he wanted to honor his, his father by going and, and living out the dream that his father had of, of him being a baseball player. There's a theory that um, that the commissioner at the time suspended him, like a secret suspension. There's Those are the two most popular theories. And then there's other theories that get thrown around. But I honestly think that the real reason he retired is unknown. And I don't know what it is. Very few people probably know what the real reason is. And we'll just leave it at that. But he retires. Alright, that's the first of his retirements. Then he comes back in late in the 94-95 season. He comes back to the Bulls. The Bulls make the playoff run. And they get into the playoffs and they lose to the Orlando Magic. Alright, this Magic team had Shaquille O'Neal. They had Penny Hardaway. They had Nick Anderson. They had Dennis Scott, and they had Horace Grant. Okay, so they had the stronger front court, and they beat the Bulls. Like, Jordan fans will make 101 excuses for that playoff loss. They will tell you, oh, Jordan was rusty, uh, he wasn't in shape, but he's the GOAT. Like, if you're the GOAT, you can just roll out of bed and beat teams. Like, you don't need to be... Like, if you're going to sit here and say, he's just the unquestioned GOAT. Like, this man can move mountains at the snap of his finger. You need to say he got beat in the second round by the Magic. And you need to own it. You don't need to sit here and fucking bitch. Oh, he was rusty. Oh, just, just, just making excuses for the man. He is, he is going to be the GOAT in, in, in your mind, whether he lost that playoff series or not. So just own it. Be like, yeah, he took a L against the Magic. All right. Shaq and Penny beat him. All right. And what, and what happened in the offseason? All right. He, he cried to management. Him and Pippen went to management and they said, we need help in the front court. Shaq is too much for us. 
Shaquille O'Neal down there in Orlando. We can't handle him. He's too big. He's too strong. He has Horace Grant on his team now. We need help. So they go and they add one of the one of their fiercest rivals from the late 80s and early 90s, Dennis the Worm Rodman. Okay, the Chicago Bulls add this is like the equivalent of Magic adding McHale or um any number of scenarios where a rival adds one of their team's rivals best players and people say oh well LeBron built super teams but they don't they don't mention that Jordan added one of the greatest pound for pound defensive rebounding forwards of all time like Dennis Rodman in the rebounding game in the defensive game he's like second to none almost like there's very few players you can say that are better than him at defense and at rebounding and and he was intelligent this is this is an underrated thing about Rodman he was a very very smart player like he knew what his tactics were doing he was throwing off the other team's best players and he understood how the the triangle offense ran he knew to um he the the triangle offense is extremely complicated, okay? And if you're a stupid, if you're a dumb player, if you don't know what you're doing, Phil Jackson will pull you out of the out of the game. So for so for Rodman to be one of their most productive players and to get all that playing time, he had to be smart and productive. Like you're not gonna leave a guy out there if he's if he's getting if he's like hurting your team basically like the bulls were trying to win a championship they're not going to be putting up with with shitty play you know what i'm saying so they added rodman and the rest is history 1996 they beat the sonics in the finals and the sonics were absolute garbage like they are one of the most overrated teams in nba history and then in 97 and 98, they beat the Jazz. But in 1996, Shaquille O'Neal left the Eastern Conference. This move is underrated in, NBA, in, in the impact it had in NBA history when Shaq left the Magic. Not from the Lakers' point of view because we all know what happened a few years later when, when the Lakers... Went on to three P, and Shaq would establish himself as one of the greatest centers of all time. But we're talking about what the impact it had in the Eastern Conference in the late '80s, because when Shaquille O'Neal left the Orlando Magic, it cleared the way for Chicago to go back to the finals. They added Rodman, and Shaquille O'Neal left the East. Those two moves. Which seemed like they just impact two teams, actually impacted the whole Eastern Conference. Like it became Chicago's Eastern Conference. That was, the Magic were the only team in their way. Like you had the Pacers and the Knicks there, and the Heat were trying to make some noise, but Shaq was the 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 most dominant player, other than Jordan and Pippen. 
So, when Shaquille O'Neal left and went to the Western Conference, like I said, it cleared the way for the Bulls, and they went on to make it to the NBA Finals in 96, 97, and 98. All right, and then in 97 and 98, they beat a Utah Jazz team that was not very good at all. They had Karl Malone, and that was about it. People love to say, oh, John Stockton this, and John, John Stockton was had a very basic game, okay? He would just run the pick and roll, and he would just pull up for his little mid-range shot. He, when when the Jazz played the Bulls, it was like an off day for Chicago because having to play against like Reggie Miller and Patrick Ewing and Shaq in the Eastern Conference, then you go up against the Jazz. They have like they have nothing. They have Malone, and that was it. Like if you go back and see some of the starters the Jazz had in those finals game, you're talking about guys like Adam Keefe, Greg Ostertag. Greg Foster. They had Antoine Carr off the bench. They had guys like Brian Russell. Like, these guys are absolute bums, dude. And then they had Jeff Hornacek. This man couldn't get on an NBA roster nowadays. Alright, I'm sorry. Like, this dude... John Stockton and Jeff Hornacek were no match for the Bulls. Alright? Like, it was literally no competition. John Carl Malone was the only one that kept the Jazz respectable. But alone against Rodman and Pippen and Jordan, Carl Malone didn't stand much of a chance. Alright, so that's that's the case for Jordan being the GOAT. I pretty much went over his career. The the first three peat against the, the, the Lakers, that's an overrated win because the Lakers they weren't like the Showtime Lakers. They were just a, a team that just managed to get to the finals and they just got rolled up on by... I mean, Magic had HIV. James Worthy was on one foot. And Byron Scott was hurt. So the Bulls pretty much had an easy matchup. Like, the, the Lake, that's not an impressive finals win. The Blazers, I mean, this team was decent. But... Nothing special. Like that Blazers team, I mean, they had Clyde Drexler. This man is average. Like if Clyde Drexler played in today's NBA, he would not stand out. He would be like a... Like a DeMar DeRozan. Like he would not stand out. He would get you 20 points a game and 5, 6 assists. Like what is that? There's... Dozens of players in the NBA nowadays that do that. Like, that's not... And then they had Terry Porter. Wow. But if you hear a Bulls fan tell it, oh, Clyde Drexler was damn near Superman. Like, the Bulls beating the Blazers. Oh, this is one of the greatest wins in finals history. Because they just like to hype up their side of the story. Hype up their guy. Okay? But keep it 100. The Blazers were not that good. Alright, so, and then the Phoenix Suns in 93, come on, man. This is similar to the Jazz. They had one guy, Charles Barkley, and Barkley was soft. 
Barkley had a good game on the court, but mentally he was soft. He wanted to be friends with Jordan and Pippen. There's the stories of they were out golfing and they were being all buddy-buddy. Like, like Barkley was soft mentally. He did not want to beat the Bulls. Like, he wanted to beat them, but he would rather be their friend than beat them. So, that's another overrated win. And, um, like, that Suns team, they, they didn't have anybody else. They had Barkley, and that's it. Like, they were starting a guy named David West at center. Yeah, you have to Google that to know who that is. Alright, and then they were starting some Dumas guy at small forward. Like, this, like some second or, like, rookie player. Like, who is this guy? Like, two of their starters were just unknowns. Then they had Barkley, Dan Marley, and Kevin Johnson. That's not enough going up against the Bulls, all right? So don't sit here and try to tell me that that was... And, but if you hear a Bulls fan tell it, that Phoenix Suns team was like the Avengers or something. Like, they're, they're, they're like, oh, this team was incredible. They had Kevin Johnson. Oh, they had Dan Marley. Like, dude, these guys are average. They're not great. Like, in, in today's NBA, you have super teams. You have, like, this is, I don't make a big fuss about this because, like, this argument is so played out. But my thing has always been with, the like, the 97 and 98 Jazz. Okay, they had Stockton and Hornacek. My argument has always been if you take a really good point guard from today's era and you put them on that Jazz team, those two series are completely different. Like if you take Chris Paul and you put him on the Utah Jazz team, those series are completely different. If you take Damian Lillard and put him on that Jazz team instead of Stockton, that series is completely different. If you take Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and you put them instead of Stockton and Hornacek, you're talking about Russell Westbrook is another one. Derrick Rose. Um, there's just so many players from today's er from today that if you put them in the 90s, the Chicago Bulls would not have dominated the way they did. Because, like I mentioned earlier, just one player being in the Eastern Conference, like Shaq, just changed the whole landscape, alright? So, there's more players. Like, if you take Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler, um, Anthony Davis, Paul George, um... And the guys I already mentioned, uh, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. If you take all these guys and you put them, you transfer them all into Jordan's era. Like Jordan's not going to dominate the league the way he did. Alright? None of them are. That's why no player dominates today's era the way Jordan dominated back then. Because there's too many super, like super supers, not just a superstar. Like mega superstars, like Giannis, like 
like the guys I just mentioned, all those guys, and and, and it, it's ridiculous that 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 Jordan fans want to say, oh Jordan would dominate in this era, like he would be among those guys, like he would he's that good of a player, he would be right up there, with all of them, but he would not dominate, he would not dominate these guys, these guys they're too good. And, and and Jordan fans love to say, "Oh, those guys couldn't hang in Jordan's era. Like the game was much more physical. It was like 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 okay, this is a common narrative that they like to to say, "Oh, these guys couldn't hang in that era." All right, T- explain to me then why a a guy like Muggsy Bogues, who was five foot three inches and he weighed a hundred and thirty five pounds. He played in Jordan's era. He played, he had a 15-year career in Jordan's era. This man is tiny. Okay, how did he manage to survive in that era? But you're going to tell me that all these guys from today's era, like Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Stephen Curry, um, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving... Um, all the Luka Doncic, um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, all these guys, you're going to tell me that they couldn't hang back then because you just want to control the narrative. Like that's, that's absolute and total bullshit. So, and then you had a guy like Spud Webb. He's very similar to Muggsy Bogues. Very small, very thin frame, and he played 13 years in Jordan's era. Like, these guys are tiny little guards. But Jordan fans will tell you that today's players couldn't hang in that era. Avery Johnson is another guy that played in that era. And these guys had long careers in that era. Supposedly the most brutal, barbaric, sadistic era in sports history but Spud Webb got through it just fine Muggsy Bogues got through it just fine Mark Price um, Avery Johnson Kevin Johnson all these little guards played just fine in that era but today's players who are significantly bigger and more athletic and stronger couldn't hang in that era just because you say so just because you want to control that narrative that's bullshit 100% bullshit and so like I'm not going to sit here and tell you Jordan wouldn't die Jordan would be one of the very best players in this era he was just he's in any era you put Jordan in any era he's going to be one of the greatest but don't sit here and tell me that these guys like Kobe Bryant there's there's one guy that played most of his career after Jordan retired. You're going to sit here and tell me that Kobe couldn't hang back then. Or Tim Duncan couldn't hang. Like, it's ridiculous. Alright? Like, knock it off. So, th- th- this is one of... These are some of the um, issues with the whole Jordan being the GOAT. Like, he didn't face the competition that today's players face so 
I don't want to hear it. Like, if you want to say Jordan is one of the greatest, fine. If you think he's the GOAT, fine. But don't pretend like he's just by himself, like above all else. Like, because there's other players that can hang with him. And and and, and obviously we're never going to see it because we don't have a time machine. But if you take a guy like LeBron James and put him in Jordan's era, he'll do just as good as Jordan, even better. I think he's a better player. I just think he's a better all-around player. So, it's not a popular opinion, but I just, the way I see him play, and I remember watching Jordan play, I think LeBron is better. Like, that's just my opinion. It's not to knock Jordan. It's it, it's more of a compliment to Jordan because, like, I hold Jordan in, like, the highest regard. But I hold Jordan fans, like, Jordan fans are detestable because of the way they they they, they talk about other players. Like, Jordan himself, like, I love Jordan. I could watch videos of his games from the 90s or even the 80s I can watch that stuff all day and just be fully entertained and just just be right there like that's Jordan like he's one of the greatest ever but his fans they they're unbearable cuz they the, Jordan fans love to point out that LeBron has lost 6 NBA finals and like we mentioned before, Jordan lost in the playoffs seven times. Not in the finals, in the playoffs. He didn't even make the finals. Okay? Like, LeBron won his conference six times. Actually nine, but he did win the championship three times. But he won his conference nine times. And then he, he lost in the finals six times. Okay? They love to say he's three and six in the finals. Alright? That's fair enough. But where did Jordan lose? Jordan lost in the first round three times. He lost in the second round twice. And he lost in the third round twice. And he, lo- and he missed the playoffs two times. When, when he played with the Wizards. And, and Jordan fans love to say, oh, well, he was old. It doesn't matter. He's the GOAT. Okay? More than half the teams in the NBA make the playoffs. 16 teams out of the 30 make the playoffs. All right? So, you're going to tell me that the GOAT couldn't will his team to the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference? Oh, well, he was old. It doesn't matter, dude. He's the GOAT. Alright? And like I said, more than half the teams... He... If you're the GOAT, you're not going to have your team in the top half of the NBA. Like, you're just going to be... You're not even going to make the playoffs, dude. That is legitimately embarrassing. And Jordan retired after the 98 finals. Alright? So, 99... 
2000 and 2001. Three years he took off. And obviously he could have played. Because he came back in 2002 and in 2003. And he played and he played pretty well. So those three years that he took off. He could have taken the court. And he could have tried his luck against the Lakers. Against Tim Duncan Spurs. And, and we could have seen... We could have seen him play still in his relative prime. All right. But he retired again in 98. And he took three years off. Then he came back and missed the playoffs twice. All right. But Jordan fans, they don't like to talk about that. Oh, he was old. Yeah, but he's. Why did he come back? He believed. If you read the article. Jordan, when he came back to the Wizards, he had the same film crew that followed him in the last dance, that 98 season. He had that same film crew follow him with the Wizards. So Jordan, in his mind, believed he was going to lead the Wizards to the finals and win championships. It did not work out that way because the game had passed him by. But he honestly believed this is how much confidence or delusion at that point in his career he had. He was like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to lead the Wizards to the finals and I'm going to win another title. And I'm going to document it all with this last dance crew. It didn't work out though. But his, his fans don't like to talk about. And that's not a knock on Jordan. But he did try to come back and lead the Wizards to the finals and it he failed miserably all right call a spade a spade dude this guy tried to come back with the wizard you're gonna tell me he just came back because he was bored he was trying to win and he failed miserably so call it like it is all right don't say oh he was old if you're the goat you're the goat if you're the goat even if you're old you're better than 95% of the guys in the league. Alright? So, just knock it off with this whole narrative that Jordan's the unquestioned GOAT. There's, to me, there is no one GOAT. Because, because all the different variables that can be injected into that argument. Like, Jordan never had to play against a team... Like the Golden State Warriors. That had Stephen Curry. Clay Thompson. Kevin Durant. Draymond Green. Andre Iguodala. This is, that, that's five players. That are just like superstar level. And Draymond is a superstar because of what he can do. Because of his basketball IQ. And because of his defense. Alright, it's not all about scoring when you talk about superstars. You can be a superstar defensively and win games just like Rodman was in the for the Bulls and for the Pistons. Alright, Th these guys help you win games and they're incredibly valuable to your team. So, Draymond needs to get credit on those w Warriors teams. Okay, Jordan never played teams like that. Okay, like keep it 100. Like even the Spurs teams that LeBron played in 
2013 and 2014 are better than any team Jordan played in his run in the 90s. You had Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and one of the greatest coaches of all time, Greg Popovich. All right, you're going to tell me that that's not better than anything that Jordan faced. Like Jordan faced teams that had like one good player. He did not face super teams. Not one time. Not one time did he face a super team in the finals. And like if, like a super team back then would have been like Reggie Miller would have joined the Knicks with Ewing or like um Carl Malone would have joined the um the Pacers with Reggie Miller to they team up and they to to, to take down the Bulls. That's what teams are doing in today's era to stop LeBron. They team up like the Warriors did to slow LeBron down. Alright, so I don't want to hear it. They're they, they both to me. They're they're e- equal players. They're 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 just as good as each other. And to me, LeBron has more skills. I I will say that Jordan is the better defender, but again, Jordan didn't have to face players the caliber of today's players. I don't think he would be considered as great of a defensive player. If he had to guard the guys that play today. Like, it's not even close to competition level. So, we'll get into this, um, into LeBron's argument for being the GOAT. Okay, one of the biggest, um, things that Jordan fans like to point out is they say that LeBron was a ring chaser. That he had to construct super teams to win titles. All right, this is this is a laughable argument because if you go back into the 90s and you look at a guy like Karl Malone with the Utah Jazz, he's considered one of the greatest power forwards of all time. Bar none. But he's not considered one of the greatest players of all time. You know why? Cuz he never got championships. And this is the same boat LeBron would have been stuck on if he would have stayed loyal to the Cleveland Cavaliers and they were refusing, they were either refusing or they weren't able to get him the the players, the roster needed to compete for a championship. If you saw what the Boston Celtics did in 2008 when they had a superstar in his prime like Paul Pierce, and they were like, this guy is really good. If we get another couple really good players, we can actually compete for a championship. And this is what all teams play for, is to get that shot to go to go and win it. So the Celtics were able to, to make the moves for Paul Pierce. And they won a championship in 08. And LeBron saw this, okay? LeBron saw this as a young, in his early 20s, he saw the Celtics make moves for Paul Pierce. And so he saw the Celtics take the initiative as an organization to to win a championship. 
okay? He saw the Lakers do the same for Kobe. Kobe was one of the best players of his era, maybe of all time. That's a whole other argument we could get into. Kobe, he was on the Lakers and they were just treading water. He was just... He was just dominating individual matchups, but the Lakers weren't winning because he didn't have the roster. You need a full roster. Just like we talked about Jordan earlier when Cartwright and Oak or and Grant and Pippen. Once those guys came on board, the Bulls started ascending. They started becoming dominant. Okay, all players need this. Even Jordan himself needed Pippen, Grant, Cartwright, and the and the shooters, Paxson and Armstrong. Okay? So Kobe needed help and the Lakers got it for him. They got him Pau Gasol. They had already got Odom and Andrew Bynum when he was able to stay healthy. That gave the Lakers a really good front court. That gave them Gasol, Bynum, and Lamar Odom up front. And Kobe in the backcourt. To just go, go toe-to-toe against whatever team they ran into. So, the LeBron saw this. He saw the Lakers make the move for Gasol. He saw the Celtics make the move for Paul Pierce. And, bam, the Lakers and Celtics played twice in the finals. And in, in 09, the Magic got into the finals. And the Magic had a better team than the Cavaliers. Besides LeBron, like the Magic had, Hito Turkoglu, J.J. Redick, Richard Lewis, Jameer Nelson, Michael Petrus, um, and Courtney Lee. And that one bald center, uh, Gortat, or something like that. But anyway, and Dwight Howard in his prime, like a young superstar Dwight. That's more than the Cavs had. Like the Cavs had LeBron and who? Elgowskis? Um, Mo Williams? Are you kidding me right now, dude? Like LeBron's looking in his locker room. He's like, dude, the fuck am I doing here? Like, you need to surround your superstar with pieces so you can go and compete against the best teams. Not against the best individuals against the best teams okay for as great as lebron is he's not gonna be able to beat paul pierce kevin garnett ray allen rajon rondo kendrick perkins tony allen all them fucking guys the celtics had like what do you expect lebron to do just sit there and waste his fucking career in cleveland and just put up ridiculous stats but never win anything no he was like fuck that he said i'm gonna be proactive i need to win championships if i want to be considered among the greatest so he was proactive in his career any person smart enough in any industry would do the same thing you be proactive for yourself and that's what he did he became a free agent he was like, I've given Cleveland hell of a run. Took them to the finals in 07. As a 22-year-old, he took the Cavs to the finals. And then after that, the Celtics were like, well, shit, dude. We got this kid 
in Cleveland, we got to build our team up. So that's what they did. And that's what the Magic did. And LeBron was like, I can't compete against these teams by myself. So he went and um, he, he signed with the Heat. And the Heat were able to sign Bosch. And what happened? You put a good team around LeBron, four straight finals in Miami. Is that a surprise? No. But people, oh, he was ring chasing, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, you like, you just want to control the narrative to build your guy up. You don't understand that this man had no choice but to be proactive and make moves for himself. He did not have Phil Jackson on the sidelines or Jerry Krause, you know, building up the team for him. He had to do all this from a position of as a player. That's even more impressive that you can be a GM and a player and sometimes your own coach. Like who's the coaches for LeBron in his career? He didn't have Phil Jackson. He's had, like, Mike Brown, uh, David Blatt, Spolstra, um, Luke Walton, Tyrone Liu, um, and right now he's got Frank Vogel, alright? So he did not have one of the greatest coaches of all time developing his game, drawing up game plans. He was a high school kid, and he came into the NBA against the best competition in the basketball world and he started dominating individually from 03 till 2010 he would he could hang with anybody but the team the the surrounding cast was not up to par all right so when you say he's ring chasing you're full of shit you don't know what the fuck you're talking about all right so shut the fuck up with that like you're stupid he had to. He became his own GM. He became his own manager. He created his own fucking management agency. He he, he changed the game, alright? Like, he introduced the idea that you... Like, Kobe tried it in 06 and 05, and people talked shit about him. He was like, if you're not going to put team the team around me, trade me to the Bulls. And people talk shit about Kobe. Oh, he's a malcontent. He's fucking, he, 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 he's a diva, he's this, that, and the other. But Kobe knew, I need a team around me to win. He knew this, and he saw the Lakers, and they were bums. And, but he was, he was one of the best. So Kobe did, and Kobe threw a fit until they landed Gasol for him, and what happened? Alright, this thing is telling me I'm about to be out of time here, so... I will continue this at another time. Oh, wait, it's still recording. So, LeBron, he had to um, do what he did in, in 2010. Like, the decision, that whole TV show, that little episode, that was probably over the top. But he was a kid. Like, he was still young. Like, he was in his 20s. Like, okay, you made a mistake. You... you you like made it a, a big deal about yourself. Oh well, you live, you learn. Like I say, he didn't have the coaching staff around him to guide him to be like, hey, that's probably not the best idea. He had to figure everything out on his own. Alright, so, 
And Michael Jordan, he not only had Phil Jackson to coach him in college, Michael Jordan had Dean Smith coaching him. Like, Michael Jordan was refined mentally as far as the game and as far as, like, um, how to, like, um, comport yourself or how to behave. Um, so he was, he had the coaching advantage, Michael Jordan did. And, like, LeBron had to do everything on his own. He had to build his own rosters. He had to coach his own team. He had to be his own GM. And, on top of that, beat the other teams. So, and he he's, he's managed to win three titles. And he's been to nine. Like, if you don't think that that's ridiculously impressive, you don't know what you're talking about. Alright, so, like I said earlier, they're equal to me. If you're a Jordan fan, you don't want to hear that, and I don't care. Like, you need to, you, you if you're going to talk about how LeBron's lost six finals, make sure at, in the same breath you talk about the seven playoff losses for Jordan. Alright? Don't just, don't control the narrative. Keep it 100. That's all I'm asking you. If you think Jordan's the GOAT and you're a reasonable person, fine. But if you think Jordan's the GOAT because LeBron went 3-6 and six, and that's the only reason you could point to, you're full of shit. Alright, because they're equal to me. And that's just my opinion. So, that was probably a, a bit long-winded. And... I don't want to come off as a homer for either guy, but Jordan fans are ridiculous. And if you're a, a, a basketball fan, I beg and plead with you to not get into these arguments online because I've wasted many hours arguing with Jordan fans. Not about Jordan, but about the way they attack other players' legacies. And I stick up for other players not to try to degrade Michael Jordan or his legacy. Um, but you just have to you just have to be consistent, dude. Like you have to you can't say he just went six and zero in the finals and completely leave out the seven playoff losses and the two times he missed the playoffs and the two retirements. You can't just be like that and stuff never happened. Alright, so. That's just my opinion on this GOAT debate. I can do a whole nother one about why I think Kobe's one has an argument for being the GOAT. And Kareem. Okay, Magic Johnson. Okay, uh, Bill Russell. Will Chamberlain. Um... All these guys. There's like... There's at least five or six guys. In including Jordan and LeBron. That are... Top tier. Level one. Super... Mega superstars in NBA history. And um... I was gonna say something but I completely... Oh yeah. If you're just like... The 6-0 and thing is your main calling card. Like Robert Ory. He won seven titles. He's 7-0 and in the finals. Does that mean he's better than Jordan? 
No, it doesn't. Okay? So, I don't want to hear 